Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. In this week's episode, we're talking about something pretty special, Australia's first dedicated copywriting conference. Yes, it happened in Sydney, Australia, just a few short weeks ago. And Belinda and I are going to give you our key takeouts from the event. So if you want tips on how to truly embrace your copywriting career, learn new skills, beat your confidence demons and stop procrastinating, this is the episode for you. Hello, my name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success Learning Hub. And with me is my co-host, Belinda Weaver. Hello there, my name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter, my business is Copyright Matters, and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass course. Before we get into today's chats, we always ask each other a stupid question. Let's just be honest, they're pretty stupid. Um, but this one's quite a grown-up question, Belinda, and I'm, I'm not sure you're going to have an answer. Let's see. Which copywriter, alive or dead, would you most like to meet? And when I say dead, I don't mean they would actually be dead when you met them. I mean they would be... Because that would be weird. That would be really weird. So, yeah. Well, I, I never like these questions because... Anyway, my answer is Bob Lye. And oh, I had to Google. I, had to, I know. I had to Google whether he was alive or dead because I wasn't <laughs> sure. And you know what? I'm not actually interested in hanging out with him. Like, if it was a question was which is the copywriter would you like to hang out with? Yeah, I think it would be either Amy Harrison or Joanna Weeb because they are super fun chicks. Um, but I'm just kind of interested. Like, I've never seen any pictures of Bob Bly, and his website's really old school. And I'm just, I've, I've read his book and I think he's clearly a great copywriter. I'm just really intrigued as to what he's like as a human being. Yeah. Is he alive? I think so. I think he's still doing consultations. Bob, if you're listening, if you're listening, Bob, call in. We'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> what about you? Um, I do not have any copywriting heroes. I think meeting most of the sort of big name copywriters would be as boring as bat poo, to be honest. So as with you, I agree, I would rather uh, meet somebody who uh, is fun. And uh, as we probably heard from the way I giggled through the episode with Joanna Weeb, I have a bit of a girl crush on her. And I also really love talking to Eleanor in uh, the last uh, episode. Oh, no, it wasn't the last episode. It was a while ago. Um, but she seemed like a lot of fun too. But I was very very lucky because recently I met uh, 20 or so copywriters who were all alive. Um, so I've kind of had enough of copywriters for a while. <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh, nice segue. By Did you way. like that segue? That wasn't even scripted. That just came out of me. Um, so yeah. But how did, how did it go as a conference? I bet it was pretty stressful. Yes. It, I mean, look, I'm one of these stupid people that says, I'm going to do this thing. And everyone goes, yeah, you should so do that thing. Secretly whispering, I would never do that thing. Um, and then I feel I have to do the thing. So I promised my uh, Clever Copywriting Community group that I would have an event of some sort. You know, initially I was thinking maybe five people in a cafe, but then it turned into like a proper conference um, and in typical me style, I set up the sales page before I had a venue. Um, 
or a date. I think maybe I had a date. Um, and I had no speakers and I put it on sale and they took it sold out super quickly. So from that perspective, I know that a lot of people who run events, that's the stressful bit, selling the tickets. They were all sold in about five weeks. So that was great because I then didn't have to focus on selling the event. I could focus on actually finding a venue and booking speakers. Um, the speaker thing was really easy as well because uh, I decided to just reach out to all the, I just said, reach out, slap me. I decided to talk to um, lots of the copywriters that you and I both know, Belinda, and just say, hey, will you speak? It's this thing that I'm doing. And everyone said yes, which was amazing. Um, because it's thrilling. Because it's kind of thrilling. And we have, uh, here in Australia, we are very lucky. We have a really great community of copywriters who've always been very loving and giving. Um, so it, it was kind of like a coming together of that community as well, which was great. But the logistics were really hard. Just things you don't know until you do them, like about how to organize AV and trying to find sponsors and dealing with 18 different people's intolerances for food. And one silly thing was that I decided I would do goodie bags and I thought I would get packs of frazzles. I've talked about frazzles with you before, haven't I, Belinda? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have. I love frazzles. So because I talk about them so much, I thought I will get a pack of Frazzle for every attendee and put it in their goodie bag. But I ordered them four weeks before the event. And by the time the event came, I'd eaten half the packs. I'd eaten 50 <laughs> packs of Frazzles. So people arrived. And that was one thing in the survey after the event that everyone commented on, that they, they enjoyed it. But about half the people were like, but I didn't get a pack of Frazzles. I do um, remember your post saying you better get to registration early because only half the bags have frazzles in them now. it worked. It worked. Everyone was there. On, I terrified people so much that, like, people were, like, pushing against the door at, like, 6 a.m., sleeping, <laughs> sleeping in sleeping bags outside the door. But that was great. And one thing that everyone did say, which was really great, was that it ran really smoothly. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. It was, it was a brilliant experience. Exhausting, but it was good. So um, for anyone who didn't know the speaker lineup we're going to be detailing it in this pod but did you have any big names that international listeners might recognize well the thing that I found and it's funny when you go into the copywriting groups on Facebook you know some of them are good and some of them aren't so good and you say to people who are the famous copywriters that you know and most people will talk about maybe Gary Halbert, Bob Bly, David Ogilvy couldn't have couldn't have got him along unfortunately wouldn't have been much fun um but, and, you know, then obviously the likes of people we've had on this pod, we've had some fantastic guests on this pod, but a lot of the people who are my audience and who are actually going to come wanted to hear from working everyday copywriters, not mm. super mega celebrities with courses and books, but people who are making a great living from doing what they want to do, because not everyone else wants to write books and have courses and have podcasts. They just want to be a copywriter and that's... So do I. I wish I was still doing that. But, you know, they didn't want the celebrities. They wanted the realities. Does that make sense? So, yeah, because it's um, really, it's so much more achievable if you're looking at someone who says, do you know what? It wasn't that long ago that yes. I was starting out. 
Yes, exactly. So apart from you, you were one of my most famous people. Um, I also had... Um, <laughs> you find hilarious. I know, it's ridiculous. But um, I had Glenn Murray, who is, you know, was one of my heroes when I started out. Um, very mm. well-known SEO copywriter over here. He's written books and worked with ProBlogger and written things for them. And Kelly Exeter, who is a speaker here in Australia and has written several books. Um, but and everyone else both have been on the pod we will share both links have been the on the pod yes that's true but the others were members of my community copywriting buddies and I deliberately pe- picked people who I knew had experience maybe they hadn't spoken at a million events but I knew they would provide real values because I find a lot of like people on the professional speaker circuit I've been to a lot of conferences now their presos are full of a lot of kind of puff and empty catchphrases and not much actual stuff that you can walk away and implement yourself. It's a lot of woo-woo motivation and not much do-do, you know, process, organisation, skill stuff. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, let's let's get stuck in because what we're going to do is we're going to break down each presentation and kind of talk about the key learnings. Now, I'm obviously in uh, California, so I wasn't there, but I was lucky enough to have access to a video ticket. So I've been watching all the presentations. By the way, Kate, can people still get a video ticket? Why, Belinda, thanks for asking. Yes. (laughs) So what we did is instead of doing a live stream, we actually videoed each presentation, edited it, put all the slides in. So each one is like a little micro copywriting lesson. Um, And yes, they're available via the Clever Copywriting School website. Thank you for the plug. We put a link in the the pod notes. Awesome. So um, I should talk about the first speaker who was possibly the best speaker of the day. Um, It was me. (laughs) Um, So I talked about the state of freelance copywriting in 2017. And it was kind of about how to survive in a post-Fiverr, post-Upwork, post-freelancer.com world. So how to compete with a global market where people are charging $3 for an $800 word blog post um and i kind of i taught i guess my key takeouts were yes it does sometimes feel like the zombie apocalypse of copywriters there are more copywriters appearing every day but there's still plenty of work to go around um and there's more support i think than there ever used to be i also talked about how this is a great time to be a copywriter. The world wants content. We now know that Google appreciates amazing content. So it's actually looking for rich, engaging content that's relevant and is packed full of synonyms and terms. You can't get away with just spinning rubbishy articles anymore. And business owners are beginning to realize that and that creates more demand for people like us. And then I talked about the six P's of copywriting. So how to compete in this world. I talked about positioning and pricing and process. And I'm not going to tell you the other ones because you can go and buy a video ticket to find out more. But the gist of my presentation was there has never been a better time to be a copywriter, which I firmly believe to be true. And I know um, it was a great way to start the day because I was watching on Twitter stalking everyone and everyone just, you know was giving really really positive feedback i think it was a great way to start kate well done thank you thank you uh so next there was matt fenwick and he was talking about wrangling complex web projects and that's kind of using information architecture and his top takeaways um fairly consistently remarked on was 
about making copy more than a commodity. You talked about shifting the conversation more to about using information architecture to connect messages in a strong, durable, useful way. And he talked about kind of user research being as simple as card sorting, a card sorting exercise, which you can find out what that is if you watch the videos. Um, And he talked about how to organize information. Um, When you do that properly, you can shape the content to create these kind of lovely aha moments for users. So information architecture can sound really dry, but when you do it properly and you have that knowledge, you can actually help drive the conversations that are happening through the copy between the reader and the copy. And that really adds value. And one surprising thing he said was saying no to FAQ pages and providing information in context. It was it. I personally, I think it sounded like a really dry topic before I listened to it. And it was really very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Matt's a a bit of a genius when it comes to information architecture. And, you know, I think a lot of people took away the simple card sorting idea that you just kind of write down the names of the pages that you're going to create and you shuffle them around until you come up with a sitemap that works and think about, you know, what information does the user need right now? And the FAQ thing was fascinating because I think a lot of sites have an FAQ page. I do too. But he kind of said it was kind of a weak solution to it. It was like a Band-Aid solution, you know, like you should should have been able to provide that answer when the user needed it, not expect them to go searching through your site to find the answer. So yes. it was it was really great, such great feedback for Matt's uh, presentation, and he's kind of kept on providing information to the to the members of who came along as well. So that's fantastic. Well, next up was um, <clears throat> Angela Ponsford, and she's from a company called Dotty Media. She's actually not a copywriter, but I wanted to get her along because she does a lot of work with Facebook ads. So she writes Facebook ads for her clients, and she had some great insights into what really makes ads on Facebook, and therefore kind of ads everywhere, applied to Google ads and other types of ads as well, um, what makes them tick, what makes them pop. Um, so she talked about copy transforming through emotion and intellect. So it the copy that grabs people's hearts will generally make their minds follow and their fingers and their budgets and their wallets, hopefully. Um, she talks about Facebook being an aspirational space. Uh, there's some magic words and ones to avoid. Um, she talked about the copy being the most important part of the ad, more than the image, the video, or the headline, which I found very surprising. I think guess her point was the image and video draws you in, but it's the copy that makes you stick around, makes you stick and makes you click. Um, the copy makes you take action. Um, don't angst over ad writing. Ads are for selling. They may not be the most beautiful prose you ever write, but if they sell, that's all that matter. And then she took us through the five key elements of the Facebook ad. But what she said was the most important thing. She's got a lovely Scottish accent. She said, it's all about the hook. It's all about the hook. Um, <laughs> so it was so good. Everyone was saying that all day. You've really got to hook people in with your ads um, and then start the conversation. And I think that's not only a great for copywriters and their own businesses but I know a lot of my students are writing more and more Facebook ads as a service so it's a great skill to know totally and I really like the way like you you know you have have these like hugely useful presentations which is fantastic but you also had some members of your community speaking about their stories yeah so I tried to break the day up none of the presentations were more than half an hour 
um, which meant that they were really there was no empty space, there was no fluff. Um, so that was good, and that allowed time to just have. I had two little ten minute slots. Um, the first slot was given to Angela Denley. It was her first time she'd ever spoken. She was a bit nervous, but she was awesome, and the audience just loved her. She talked about her life as a copywriter, but also having a family and the juggle, which I think is something we all know about. We've talked about that in a previous episode. Um, she said, you know, it's okay to have a life and responsibilities away from copywriting. Is it? I don't think that's true. I know. How dare she? Who How has a life? No one should have a life. She talked about parenthood doing a real number on your self-confidence. Um, she thought especially mums, but I think it applies to dads as well. So, you know, maybe you were like in a super powerful marketing position and then you have kids and five years later you kind of come out the other side and all your confidence is gone and that you really need to back yourself. And she talked about freelancing for flexibility and building a sustainable income um, and that the way to do that was to know your billable hours and work smart. If you've only got six hours a day to work, make sure you work in them and don't fanny about on Facebook. So she was my first 10 minute and then my second 10 minute was Catherine Rodriguez. Catherine was also the MC for the day because um, I didn't want it to be me all day. And she was amazing, like awesome. Um, the problem is she's an actress and she'll probably be too famous to come back next year. But, you know, <laughs> I don't want to wish failure on her, but I hope she will still come back. Um, so she talked about her best year yet. So literally in this year, she has had an amazing year, earned heaps of money, just it's gone great for her and the three things that she talked about with the biggest impact was having a supportive community um, and having smart resources uh, that she used to kind of you know make her business happen because um, before she had that she had no idea what she was really doing so it was really reassuring she talked about the rookie errors she made so you know things we've talked about in our previous episode about um, rejection, you know, not considering offers, negotiating under pressure, underquoting, overcommitting. And then a really important one that you should never start a project without a clear and complete brief, no matter who the client is. Such a learning. Yeah, yeah. Golden rule. Never yeah. compromise on that. <laughs> um, so then you had some sofa sessions, how to work with advertising agencies, because not everyone wants to be uh, just freelancing on their own. And that was um, Karina Sito, Steve Manning and Sarah Morton and Catherine Rodriguez was the facilitator. And I found this one really interesting because I've only worked with agencies a few times. Um, and the top takeaways were that agencies can provide a really good flow of work. You can get great exposure to big brands and to have the chance to be part of a team, which is kind of nice if you're used to working on your own. But what you've got to do is you've got to meet your deadlines, you've got to communicate and you have to be reliable. And one of the, the tricks in quotes is if you make the agency's life easier they will love you for it and I really thought this was an interesting part of the um the conversation where they were saying never do a free test from the agencies they all agreed mm. on this but they said if you get asked you might consider negotiating part of a project as a paid test to kind of show what you can do and you could do that with any client actually it's something we've talked about you know, free samples are very tricky to negotiate. Um, but one of the big things when you're working with agencies, you have to be a lot more aware of relationships. You have to work to please the person you're truly reporting to, which might not be the person you're talking to. But it's a lot more, much more like working in an office. You know, you kind of have that 
almost political relationship building thing that you have to do all the time. And they said that they that plays a much bigger role in agency land. Um, and getting your foot in the door, if you're interested in working with agencies, you can do that by um, getting in on job boards, keeping up with industry news, or maybe even taking a chance on a cold email, getting in touch with agencies, introducing yourself. Yeah, it was a really great session and the, the, the sort of having the three different people give their opinions was great. So uh, I've got a few more weeks to go. This is going to be a long episode, but bear with us. Some some great tips coming up. So the next person was Kelly Exeter, who's just lovely. And she talked about productivity, 10 hacks to help you smash through every writing day. She talked about how time is not the enemy, which we often think it is. We have to embrace the constraints to provoke action. So being very aware of the limited time that we have and making that our driver. She really encourages us all to move. Uh, daily exercise is crucial. Eat. Uh, the breakfast you choose is crucial to how the rest of your day pays out. I'm feeling that now because I didn't have breakfast or lunch and it's now 2.30 and I am starving. Um, understand your response to inner and outer expectations. So we talked about this in our rejection episode, taking a step back and, and really letting the things that are happening to you sink in and learning from them and getting offline, taking time for deep work without interruption. Deep work has become my favorite phrase. So I'm kind of saying to people, I can't be on Facebook now. I'm doing deep work. So that's, I love that. it's great. Turn off all your notifications, turn off your phone, turn off your email, turn off your Skype and do the deep work. Actually think. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Who is next? The next person oh, was awesome. The second best presentation of the day. <laughs> Your third 10-minuter, that was me. That was me. I was talking about um, turning inspiration into profitable action, and I was live from San Francisco. I think the tech on this worked really well, Kate. It could have gone horribly wrong, but I think the live cross was fantastic, super fun. And what I talked about is kind of when you go to conferences, it's easy to take tons and tons of notes and get a lot of inspiration, but if you don't turn it into action, then it's all for naught. So I gave some tips on separating good ideas from great ones. And that's all about matching what you got from your notes against the goals for your business. Um, you've got to let the information process. You've got to put your notes aside. You've got to see what bubbles bubbles up because they're the ideas that will probably be of most interest. And then you've got to shortlist those ideas and turn them into actions, manageable tasks, schedule them in your calendar and get that beep done. And I also talked about inspiration and envy. And that's basically about not obsessing on what other people are doing. It's really easy to get too fixated on what everyone else is doing. But if you want to stay motivated, then you've got to stay focused on your own stuff. So my big key there was take a chill pill and focus on your own stuff. I think you said something around um, the in envy is the dark side of inspiration. I yeah, that that's right. That was my soundbite. I loved it. And it was hilarious to do this because I was pretty much squatting on the stage with my laptop and Belinda was on two giant screens having a glass of wine while a yeah. hundred or so people shrieked with glee that she was there. It must have been surreal for you. Was it surreal? It, it was. You know, it was really super to have you turn the laptop around and see the room because I thought it would just be this weird, I don't know if anyone can hear me yet, but to yeah. see everyone and hear everyone going, woo, 
And, you know, yeah, I was like, I got so nervous that I opened the champagne early and it worked well. (laughs) It's my favourite picture from the conference. We'll include it in the show notes. Is Belinda on screen and the whole room going, yay! It was was fabulous. Um, So next up was the wonderful Melinda Lation, who's a super successful copywriter. A perfect example of this idea that I wanted the speakers to be people who'd proven that they could do this thing. And she talked about using awards to boost your copywriting profile. So she talks about how awards boost business. They create social proof and credibility, especially when quality and customer satisfaction are being judged impartially. Uh, She talks about choosing a theme to thread through your submission and the judges look for evidence, relevance and entertainment. So it's not just about presenting the facts. They want to have a good read. Um, She talks about how if you want to enter awards as a copywriter, you need to get over yourself and you need to toot your own horn. You can't, you've got to lose the modesty and write in the first person to make connection and, you know, sing your own praises. This is one of the few times when you can totally toot your horn and say you're awesome because you're trying to win an award. And it was useful, her presentation, not just for copywriters wanting to boost their awards, but she's a highly successful uh, award submission writer. I think she has something ridiculous, like a 95% success rate when entering awards, something crazy like that. So I think it inspired a lot of people in the room to maybe add that skill set to their portfolio of things that they could do for clients. So she was great. The thing I liked about that one as well was um, going for awards. Like I know there's a Telstra Business Award and there's a, yeah. like, there's a lot of awards that Australia has. And I feel like when you get nominated, not me, but other people, but boo-hoo, but, you know, if you get nominated, it feels like, oh, wow, me? But what I loved about this is like go after them. You can put your own submission together and you can actually – use these as an effective marketing tool it's not something that has to be laid at your feet yes exactly um and next you had karen goad who we have had on the pod um financial secrets for copywriters because she's your accountant right Kate? yeah she's i spent a long time looking for a good accountant and then i found karen and it's really been She's amazing. I can't talk highly enough of her. Um, She also was a sponsor for the event, which is very, very kind of her. She was the first person I asked uh, and she said yes. So uh, big, big booyah to Karen Goad. She was awesome. And we'll link to the pod that we interviewed Karen as well. Um, So you can go back on that. But she talked about kind of not ignoring your finances and simply hoping for the best which I kind of put my hand up and went, "Mm, that's me. Um, And she talked about how to set up your business structure in terms of being a sole trader or a company and setting up tax and GST and how to manage those things so they don't cause you extra stress. And she talked about communication being the key to managing money issues because money issues can get really, really icky. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I love this when she talked about minimizing tax through deductions. And of course, what we all want to know is, can we claim Netflix and coffee? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, she said no. It was very sad. I know. It made it, there was a collective groan in the room. Um, So, yeah. Uh, And next up, we had Jenny DeLacy, who is fabulous and hilarious. And she spoke about using video to win more clients. So, Jenny started out as a copywriter, but it's kind of morphed into kind of this video expert. Um, And she, you know, helps people profile themselves using video, Facebook Live, and that kind of thing. All different kinds of. uh, industries but today she was 
on that day she was talking about copywriters. So she acknowledged that a lot of copywriters are insecure and introverted, but she said we all need to lose our angst about video. We can be nervous and still be confident. You can look like Oh, this was the great line. You look like what you look like. Get over it. So stop worrying that. about your appearance. Yeah, everyone was like, yeah. Um, and she explained that video is a really low-cost way to market yourself and to engage your customers and, and build trust. She talked about content planning. So know who your clients are, what they need, um, and what questions they have. And if you have blog posts, you know, I've got 280 blog posts. That means I've essentially got 280 video scripts ready to go. Um, she talked about the three keys for the image, like what people can see of you. Make Check what's behind you. Uh, okay. Can you be seen and can I hear you? The number of videos I've seen where there's like a pair of pants in the background or like mm -hmm. a, the other day I did a video call with someone and their, their boyfriend walked past in his pants um, <gasps> several times. It was hilarious. Uh, then he started like deliberately walking past and it was, you know, I think he was just showing off. Um, I used to do videos. I always my videos in front of a bookcase and it was only after the first couple that I thought to remove the saucy books that were right behind oh, yeah. me because it was <laughs> commented on. <laughs> Your mucky pup. Um, <laughs> last uh, important takeout was that 80% of users watch Facebook without sound. So you have to add captions uh, to your videos, which is a complete pain in the bum because it's no matter what easy way you find of doing it, it still takes some time. But, you know, you'll get so much more engagement if you have captions. So that was great. That was a really good session. And what I really liked about that session is watching, I remember you asked in the CopyCon Facebook group, what is the one, you know, what's the big thing you're going to do right now? And a lot of people said, do videos. Yeah, so because it's clearly it's easy. Hit home. Yeah, it's easy. You know, it's, 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 it, 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 once you've got over yourself, it's actually one of the easiest tactics to implement, you know. So becoming an awards copywriter may be a little bit harder. <laughs> You're going to have to do some serious work. But making a quick video tomorrow that just engages your customers, it's easy. So, yeah, she was great. And the next to break up, um, I like the kind of intermingling of these sofa, sofa sessions. And you had the next one was to niche or not to niche. And we've talked about niching on the podcast before when we had Ryan Warman on. But this one was um, Andrew Rowe, who we know was the facilitator. There was Jenny DeLacy again, Matt Fenwick again, and Melinda Leshon again. And they were talking about kind of niching is knowing what you're good at and what you're not. And um, it can actually give your business some real currency and relevance. And it certainly makes it easy for people to refer business to you because they know exactly what it is you're doing. It's really clear and really specific. But the tips from the gang um, was don't put all your eggs in one niching basket. Doing other jobs as well can kind of help keep your skills fresh and certainly boost your income. Um, but Deciding to be a niche copywriter can um, help you work with like-minded people, which is just really nice, really. Um, but if you want to connect with clients in your niche, you can do it through networking, volunteering, um, AGMs, or kind of wherever your niche clients hang out online, which is pretty good advice for finding any client, really. 
Yeah, because each of these guys have kind of picked a niche. Andrea Rose, kind of not-for-profits, Jenny Video, Matt, kind of information architecture and quite a lot of organisational jobs and Melinda, obviously, awards. So they've made it work. So, yeah, it was really, it was a good session. The next session was from our big sponsor, Online Marketing Gurus, um, and it was from Mez, I can never say his name, Mez Hermayenfad, um, who's just the loveliest bloke. I've known Mez for many years. He's a great guy. And he talked about the three core cornerstones of SEO, relevancy, technical mastery, and authority. So he basically did a very swift case study, which I thought was great. He didn't spend his time selling his services. He actually showed us a real uh, case study. So he talked about how SEO had changed in the last six months. Um, there's less differentiation between ads and organic results. Uh, positions one to three are the real goal, not page one. You've got to be in that top spot. He talked about how technical SEO remains important, but content is making the difference. So that's good news for us. He talked about SEO can't be done in a silo or just a checklist. It's not a checkbox to be ticked. It's ongoing and involves all elements of your marketing. Then he talked about data-driven marketing, not just being for big business, that us copywriters can use Google SEO tools and competitive research to inform our own content development and the content development for our small business clients. Um, and then he, you know, people are asking about the ideal content length. And he said, look, it just varies across industries. Do your research. There's increasing demand for long content with images and lots of resources. So again, great news for the copywriters. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. I haven't watched that one yet, but he seemed like a really nice chap in the in the Facebook group. He is. He's got an, an amazing beard, and uh, I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of beards, though, oh, the keynote for the day, Glenn Murray and his great big bushy beard. I know. He looked like he'd been, like, lost in the woods for a few months. That beard was phenomenal. But he was so much more than a beard. He was talking about fearless, confident writing, and I think it was such a good way to end the day because usually the keynote speaker at the end of the day is there to G everyone up again and make them feel freaking awesome. And what I like, I mean, if if anyone's read Glenn's blog for any length of time, you know that he's not only a very good copywriter, but he's a very honest and fearless copywriter. And he's very honest about his own insecurities as well so I think he's very raw in that sense um, but he was basically telling people you know clients want your help so you are not going to make it worse like you're a professional copywriter you're not going to make it worse you have to just let the words come out and it's like it's all right to start off bad and then fix it everyone knows about the horrible horrible first draft um, and I love this point that he made he talks about being fearless does not mean being flamboyant he talked about writing what needs to be written for real life readers not for your clients and one thing I've always admired about Glenn is he's prepared to tell clients what yes. they need to hear yeah um and he said that you know clients want to love your work they're giving you money they want to love your work so what you can do is help them by solving their problems and listening and and I love this bit as well when he said it's okay to be terrified at the start of every job and I love that when I said that he was raw he admitted that he still feel get, gets really nervous at the start of jobs yeah, and he had this beautiful slide at the start of his presentation, which was a picture of him and his dad. And something that his dad had said to him when he was younger was that you're as good as anyone here. 
And honestly, it sent shivers through the room. I'm not sure why. I guess because Glenn comes across as he's a big guy. You know, he's super confident, um, successful. And for someone like him to kind of show that vulnerability, oh, it was, he, honestly, there were a lot of women in that room that took pictures of Glenn Murray, took them home and put them on the bedroom walls. (laughs) In the survey. listening, Glenn. Did the survey, there was a great response in the survey after the event that said, Glenn Murray could stand on stage reading his terms and conditions and I would love every minute of it. (laughs) Which I thought was hilarious. I know. (laughs) But that's a fantastic line. You are as good as anyone here. Yeah, really great. So, and uh, to finish off, we had Luke Akastrat. I can't say his name either. He was another sponsor and he talked about Contract, which is a new uh, kind of job finding site here in Australia. And he gave the room, um, you know, a little bit of an explanation of how that worked. Um, And then we were done. We were all wrapped up and got ready to go down to the bar and have some beers. Much needed at the end of that day. So thanks to everyone for listening for this because we have outlined kind of every presentation and if you missed it, hopefully this is enough to get you interested in the video ticket, but we just kind of wanted to share the the key takeaways from every presentation because I thought it was a really fantastic collection of speakers, even though it was such hard work, Kate. Um, would you, yeah. Are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it again next year? Yeah, I definitely am. I've already got a few pretty dang amazing speakers lined up and I will be revealing them soon but yeah hopefully similar time next year end of April early May um I'll be putting stuff up on the website soon so yeah I just want to finish up by saying thank you for letting me do this episode as I said there were some amazing learnings I learned a lot during the day um not just about myself under pressure but from the day I want to also thank Amanda Van Eldrum from WorkWords who put together this summary of the event Catherine Pranick who is an amazing helper on the day helped get everyone in the room and was just super supportive of me in all my stressful <laughs> times she was like my my rock during the day and Kat Rodriguez who leapt in at the last minute to be the MC for the day and honestly I, I don't think the day would have been what it was without her so it was awesome Belinda um hopefully I'll be able to you know ship you over next year um to come along it's a date <laughs> it's a date it's a date it's a date okay so we're done um it's time to say goodbye and regular listeners will know that at this time we read out a review of the show today we're giving a shout out to rochelle bright and rochelle says this podcast is my secret weapon kate and belinda not only pack each episode full of great tips and advice but they have a great rapport and are a joy to listen to I'm just starting my freelance copywriting business and have already applied many of the tools and suggestions and the advice is free. What a find. Thank you, Rochelle, for that lovely review. And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe uh, and also leave a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The review will help others find us and we'll give you a shout out on the show. You can also head to Hot Copy Podcast and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. And why don't you tell us who you would like to see at CopyCon 2018? Um, A copywriter, preferably alive, um, and we'll see what we can do about getting them there. So thank you very much, Belinda. Thank you very much, Kate. Until next time, happy writing. So you're still listening? Great, because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, 
the recipe for SEO success show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Ready when you are. <laughs> oh, God, shit, yeah, it's me. I'm just sitting there ready for you to do it. Can you just do the music for me before it starts? Can you get into the vibe? Dang, dang, dang. Come on.